0: John chapter 3. Now, this is a familiar passage of scripture, but you know, it is just incredible how that one prayer meeting and that which has been so familiar becomes new. And that which is old becomes fresh. And that which we have become accustomed to takes on a brand new, a brand new hue. And so we want to go to John chapter 3. Let's begin reading verse number one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, now this is his greeting, okay? Rabbi or master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. The miracles had their intended effect. Miracles are not the end of this. Miracles are a calling card from God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, that's an old English phraseology we don't even use anymore. A more accurate rendering would be of a truth, of a truth. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see. The kingdom of God. I want to talk to us for a few moments uh, this morning about hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. I know we've worshiped the Lord a lot here this morning, but I wonder if we could just lay our Bibles down and lift our voices and open up our hearts and allow God to deposit something fresh. Everybody, you're visiting with us, you're invited to pray with us. God, by the authority of the name of Jesus, pray that you'll open up the windows of heaven, deposit a greater dimension of your spirit, of your person, understanding, wisdom, all that you have for us, deposit into our hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The miracles that Nicodemus is referring to. At the nucleus of these miracles is what happened in the previous chapter in John chapter number 2. That, of course, was an introduction to the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And there is a reason why that is so incredibly notable, not just because um, it performs the first law of reference. That's a hermeneutical tool. Whenever something is first introduced in the Word of God, it has a tendency to become a reference point. But that very first miracle was intended to be more than just a theological reference point. It was, it was what he did. And what he did was, is he changed. He changed the, the chemistry of one compound into another. He changed water into wine at the marriage festival at Cana. There were many of Jewish aristocracy, and they that were in the Jewish highest pinnacles of religious institution were present, and they all remarked about how that he that provided all of the refreshments for the marriage had kept the best until now. And of course, there were a few that were there that that recognized and understood exactly what happened when Jesus asked the servants to fill the firkins full of water to the brim, and then at Jesus' word it changed from water into wine. The reason why that is more than just a documented theological point, it, it's important theological point, but experientially when you first really come in contact with Jesus, I mean really come in contact with Jesus, a change will take place. I am not talking about listening to some uh, some preacher on online. I am not talking about shaking the preacher's hand and thinking that now I'm a member of the church. I am not think, talking about listening to a CD. I'm not talking about listening to somebody. Right I'm talking about a genuine experience with Jesus Christ, a change will take place. Is there any witnesses in the house that can say, I can, I can attest to that? I can attest that God is able to change me from the alleyway to the pinnacles of a mountaintop. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that say when God found me I was on the bottom and today I'm on my way to heaven? Is there anybody that can say that God found me I was in rags and today I'm wearing a suit of clothes? Is there anybody that has testified today that God changed the composition of your character and the inward man completely? Clap your hands and give him praise. That's incredible. Because the last miracle of the church age is that we shall meet him in the air and be changed when mortality will put on immortality and corruption will put on incorruption. So from the very beginning... To the very end of the church age, change is what this is all about. There might be somebody under the sound of my voice, and I'm only saying this because I feel it in the southwest corner of my soul. There might be somebody here today that says, No, I can't change. You're right, you can't change anything. But when you get in alignment with the God of eternity, God knows how to push the buttons. God knows how to turn the dial. God knows how to change the foundation. Only God can bring about a change that changes a man completely. You're in the right place. And so this dynamical incredible miracle there were other miracles that Jesus did but that was the notable miracle of miracles is changing water into wine nicodemus was present he said I'd like to have an audience with this man but nicodemus understanding and counting the cost he was a smart fella He realized I'm going to have to move under the cover of darkness. And so Nicodemus finds Jesus and he says, We know thou art a teacher come from God. He only viewed him as a teacher, not a savior, not a life changer, but a teacher. The same came to Jesus by night and said, We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. I can almost, and this is, I realize I'm not adding to scripture, okay? This is just a postscript. Just put this in parentheses and you can totally discard this. But I can almost say, I can almost. If I could listen in under what Jesus is saying, I'm saying, I'm glad somebody was paying attention. I'm glad that somebody took note. I'm glad that somebody was motivated by the miraculous. I'm glad there's somebody that's tired of social media. I'm glad there's somebody that's tired of the political nightmare that's in our world. I'm glad there's somebody that's tired of professional sports. I'm glad, oh, somebody help me right now. I'm glad there's somebody. I'm glad there's somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, our revival is not over. Our greatest revival is about to happen because our world is burned out. They have tuned out. They have shut out. The miracle did its trick, and Nicodemus coming with false perception, incomplete theology, fragmented understanding. He comes to Jesus and recognizes him as a teacher that's come from God. Jesus did not initiate debate. Jesus did not initiate name-calling. He sure did in other places. John chapter 8, they were vipers and different context. Jesus didn't argue. Jesus said, the miraculous brought him here. The supernatural brought him here. The power of God brought him here. And so without comprehending, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you comprehend this, but there are multiplied millions of people that have viewed this and not really understood exactly what this is saying. Jesus is building on the momentum of Nicodemus's curiosity in all things spiritual. And that's what a good soul winner does. A good soul winner sets aside of good theological. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have done more theological, nonsensical, absolutely fruitless arguing than probably anybody in the building. I'm guilty. I was a new convert. I never in my life saw reality like I see it in this book, and I ended up just destroying probably people that were actually hungry for God because I had no wisdom. Jesus is operating on the highest wisdom. And so in order to facilitate this momentum of Nicodemus, he says, truly, truly I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see. You say that I'm a teacher. You say that God is with me. And I'm willing to facilitate all of that error to give you more truth. And ladies and gentlemen, I really believe before it's over that part of our greatest revival in the end time is going to come from the non-denominational and the denominational world. There are millions of people out there that have incomplete doctrine that is not working. There are millions of people that are going to churches, houses of worship, because they like the people. But there's one group of people. They know their God. They know their doctrine. They know the power. They know the potential. They know the promise. They know the prophecies. Now, people get nervous when we talk about that because people interpret that. See, we can't can't let the limited understanding of people pigeonhole us or put a bias on us by saying that we're judging other people. We're not judging them. We're here to help them. Jesus wasn't judging Nicodemus. Jesus was trying to bring him into the kingdom of God. He was on the outside looking in. I don't care if he's religious. I don't care if he has degrees. I don't care if he's part of the aristocracy. He doesn't have a clue about the power of God. He doesn't have, come on, somebody help me preach. That is not a na 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 nah moment. That is not a Pentecostal I-got-you moment. That is a God. We are here. We are ready. Open up the doors. Clap your hands and give God the praise. When they come to Cornerstone, they'll be handled with dignity. They'll be handled with courtesy. But bless God, you cannot see. You can't even understand. You don't even know what's going on. Clap your hands and give God the praise. How many of you walk into a place like this and once you were baptized, once you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you understood. It's a beautiful thing. If you're not born again, Without comprehending the understanding of the momentum of Nicodemus, verse number three will completely look like it's out of context. But it is in total alignment with what Jesus saw in Nicodemus. If you are not born again, you cannot see. Oh, yeah, you might be able to see flowing robes. You might be able to see all of the religiosity and the potentates and the higher levels of religious position in the temple and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and the scribes and the high priests and all of the nomenclature of Jewish aristocracy. This man was so familiar with that. But Nicodemus, you are never going to see until you're born again. I looked up. I already knew that there was a Wikipedia. I did not know there was a Wiktionary. Wiktionary. I don't know who came up with this stuff Edward Snowden somebody came up with it and I looked up the phrase hidden in plain sight and it and it, it was it was notable enough that I wanted to share it with you here this morning. It says seemingly hidden but actually not hidden. you not only need to have eyes that can see but you got to know where to look there are several examples of this in scripture let's look at Luke chapter number 4 verse number 28 and they all in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath now Luke chapter 4 is incredibly notable Jesus is fulfilling the book of Isaiah when he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, so on and so forth, but then Jesus also recites the time when the nation of Israel was cut off from God. He talked about that there was no widow that was fed in Israel except the widow of Sarepta. There was no healings save Naaman, the Syrian, and when the Jews heard this, they were they were in total rage against Jesus. And all they in the synagogue, let's go back to that last verse. And all they in the synagogue, remember that's where Nicodemus is from. When they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. Next verse. And they rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong, throw him over the hill. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Jesus became invisible. I'm not saying that in reality. I'm just saying that Jesus passed right through the middle of them, and nobody even laid an eye on him. Nobody said that's him. Nobody laid a hand on him. He was hidden in plain sight. Let's go to our next scripture in Luke. And Jesus said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He's speaking to his disciples here, but to others in parables that seeing, hold on, they say they see, seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Next verse. I'm sorry, John chapter 9. Jesus said, for judgment I am coming to the world that they which see, that they which see. This thing with Jesus it's a big deal. This thing about understanding, this thing about comprehension, this thing about being supernaturally, to be able to see 2020 supernatural is a huge factor in the ministry of Jesus. For judgment I am coming to this world that they which see might not see, and that they which see might be made blind. Why would Jesus do that? Let's review this. Because if Jesus can convince us that we don't have everything that he has for us, then we have a reference point for need. And now that I have a reference point of need, I can ask and God will fulfill. But if I walked in here today and say, I already understand truth, I already know all this stuff, I already have all that there is. I already have everything God has for me. Then God says, What I need to do is bring you to the place where you know and you recognize you aren't seeing everything. You don't have everything. You don't have all together. And ladies and gentlemen, that can be quite a process for God to bring us to that place. I'd rather walk in here and say, I want more. I want my cup overflowing. I want everything. I want my pockets overflowing. I want my mind overflowing. I want my spirit overflowing. Somebody, God came here today not to put anybody down God came here to bring you up to another level of understanding and another level of revelation clap your hands and give him praise Phraseology to see is an incredible supernatural function in every regenerated life. As I've already mentioned, it means to perceive, to, to comprehend, to understand, to recognize. Religious blindness historically is by far the most historic and the longest standing of all known blindnesses, is religious blindness. People get trapped into a belief system. People get trapped into a a dogma. They get trapped into the ruts of a denominational and oftentimes generational mindset. Nicodemus is guided by hunger, and because he is guided by hunger, Jesus gives him the next door. But what John chapter 3, verse number 3, reveals to us are two things. You cannot see unless you are born again. Two things. Number one. Something must happen in order for me to see, and it requires human obedience. You know, this obedience thing, we are living in the hour, according to Second Thessalonians chapter number 2, where the mystery of iniquity is running rampant in our world. There are things that are changing and reshuffling so fast, and it's totally being allowed by God. And one of the things that's happening is that people are becoming more incorrigible. People are becoming more, more obdurant. They're becoming more resistant, resistant to simple submission and obedience. But if you're going to be born again, you have to be obedient to the word of God. I can't explain how you were raised. I can't explain what to happen to you when you were a child. God is the healer of all those wounds. God, Jesus is the wonderful counselor. But I'm going to tell you, something has to shake in your life, and you've got to realize that obedience is a part of living, and submission to authority is part of the kingdom of God. And I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to have to have all my answers because it's in the word of God. I'm going to go ahead and obey it and get to the next level. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. We're living in the most educated. You're probably wondering as much as I am, is that a correct statement? If they're educated, they sure do stupid things. Well, they're lost. People are lost. I just in the last few years in working with people, it is amazing how many people have a stunted spiritual perception for one reason and one reason only. And they are not willing to obey until they get some questions answered. How do I know that's going to happen? Okay, well, since you asked me that, let me ask you this what if my grandma's on a deathbed? And she's got 30 seconds yet to live, and she's never heard the God. Why bring some? stupid scenario that only God can control when it's written in the word of God you know what it is is because we are intellectually we become we become intellectually so proud that we think we're going to question God we're going to question everybody. God it's not going to do one thing but I will tell you this if you will obey God said I've got this for you if you will obey I'll open this for you the understanding comes later the revelation comes after The comprehension, clap your hands and give God the praise. Sometimes obedience doesn't feel good. You have to get a hold of the molding and the shaping of this world and say, I am not following after that. That's what got me on drugs, that's what made me an alcoholic. That's what made me da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm not listening to that stuff anymore. But you'd be amazed how much of that line of reason is still playing when people come to the church of the living God. Jesus is having a conversation with a man that is spiritually blind. Jesus did not talk to Nicodemus about his identity. Jesus was okay with this guy having a false perception of who he was so that he could get him a more important truth. Amazing. Amazing how the Nicodemus was staring right into the face of the creator of the universe. And Jesus was not upset by this at all. This is is perfectly okay. Number one, this passage reveals that something has to happen in order for me to see you don't just start going to church and all of a sudden you see. You don't go to Bible class and all of a sudden you see. You don't go to church for years, generations, grandma, great grandma, grandpa, da 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 da, and all of a sudden you can understand spiritual things. It takes a supernatural birth to open up the eyes. Number two, it is impossible for natural eyesight to comprehend spiritual things because they are spiritually discerned, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter number two. An interesting scripture that will show you how close some of you are here today to a whole another world. Let's go to Acts chapter number 17. I believe it's verse number 27. This is the Apostle Paul preaching to the Epicureans and Stoics, the philosophers on Mars Hill, and that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him, and though he be not far. The greatest, most haunting thing that I can think of as a pastor is that God was this close to people. And when God introduces himself at death, God is going to be able to recite things from their life. It says, I was there all the time. But God was hidden. Hidden in plain sight. Let's go to the next verse. Watch this. For in him we live and move and have our being. You're moving in God. You're living in God. Your living room is in God. I'm not talking about pantheism, which means God inhabits things. But God is the Spirit. He's on my presence. He's ubiquitous. He's everywhere. God is everywhere. He's that close. In fact, He's even closer than that. He's all over you. He's all over you. He's all around you. He's all over you today. What we need to do is obey. Let's lift our hands. Because I really want more. I want God more than I've ever wanted God in 37 years of living for Him. I want more understanding, more revelation, more fellowship, more, more, I'm ready to shed more tears. I'm ready to to do more, give more, be more, anything I can be for God than I've ever been in 37 years right now. I said all that to say this. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Finding God, finding truth, is locating a reality that is in plain sight. Man, I remember after I got the Holy Ghost 37 years ago, somebody told me that there was an apostolic church in Turlock, California. Turlock, California. Where? I knew there was a Methodist church because my mom and dad made me go to church. They dressed me and my brothers up. We looked like the Three Stooges. We looked, you know, Moe, Larry, and Curly. Abbott and Costello, all of them. We all had matching outfits, little bow ties, little shorts. Don't let your mind wander. It was bad. It was very bad. But my mom and dad made us good at church at the Methodist Church. I knew about the Methodist Church. I knew where the Catholic Church was. I knew where several other churches was. But after I got saved, after my eyes were open and I understood truth and I understood God and I understood me and I understood the the plight of humanity and I I understood all these things. I said, "Was there a church in my hometown?" Yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a church on Tur- in Turlak. It was down on South Central. And I thought to myself, how many times? How many times did I drive by that church, probably with a with a com- t- couple empty beer cans on the floorboard? And how many times did I walk that church? And there was a there was a, a roach clip and, and, and a joint in the, in, the, in, the, in the ashtray. How many times did I drive down that church with the devil on each shoulder thinking how I was going to rob somebody's house? How many times did I ride? It was right there in plain sight. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't understand what it was until I came to Jesus, until I came, until I came to Jesus and said, I'm looking for you. I want you. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. You are staring into the eyes of reality. Come on, somebody lift your voice and give God the praise. You drove down that road a hundred times. Our world Seriously, needs to listen up. But if our gospel is hid, the Apostle Paul, Second Corinthians chapter four, verses three and four. But if our gospel be hid, that's not a twenty first century gospel. That's not one of the two thousand uh, translations of the Bible. That's not one of the 2,500 definable denominations in America today. That's not one of the Christocentric oriented churches in our world today. This was an apostolic gospel. This was an apostle that wrote this. He said, if our gospel, not just any message, not just anywhere, our gospel is hid. It is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world "...has blinded the minds of them which believe not." Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Look at that. Lest the light of the glorious gospel. But see, Jesus said it to Nicodemus that men love darkness more than light, which is why they don't come to the truth, which is why they don't come to the light, which is why they stay away from this. But I'm telling you, if you're hungry for reality, if you're hungry for restoration, if you're hungry for regeneration, if you're hungry for restitution, God is in the house. I'm going against the voices in my head. I'm going against the trash in my life. I'm going against the habits in my flesh. I'm going against the compulsions. I'm going against my addictions. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. I want Jesus today. I want Jesus today. I want reality today. I want peace today. I want joy today. I want righteousness today. Why? Why is our world having such an incredible problem with Jesus' name, baptism? It's mentioned in Mark 16. It's mentioned in Luke 24. It's mentioned in Matthew 28. It was preached in Acts chapter 2. It was preached in Acts 8. It was preached in Acts 10. It was preached in Acts 19. It's talked about in Romans 6. Reaffirmed in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Reaffirmed in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Why do they have a problem? Because the God of this world wants you to be religious, but blind. Religious and blind. You can show them. Black and white. Black and white. Nobody was ever baptized in the entirety of the Bible in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but they were baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Because the God of this world, He understands what happens at baptism. I can't afford to have people seeing me at work. (laughs) I can't afford to have people seeing what I'm doing to their kids. I can't afford to have people seeing what I'm doing with their soul. I can't afford to have people seeing what I'm doing with their family. I can't afford to have people see that stuff. But, honey, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, your eyes become open. And you say, I'm going to tear this thing down. We're here to tear down the house of the devil. (laughs) Somebody shout, it's time to go to war. it's right there 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 there. my grandfather United Methodist preacher for 40 years was in the who's who of America very influential man from Berkeley, California multi-millionaire kind of a guy he put his cane in my face he said, if you don't denounce becoming Pentecost, I'm going to write you out of the will. And I was respectful because I love my grandpa, but basically I said, you go ahead and do whatever you want to do, but there ain't no way I'm turning loose of this. You got to understand, I feel so much better not being on drugs. I feel so much better without a hangover. I feel so much better keeping a job down. I feel so much better. <speaking in Spanish> Somebody stand to your feet. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody shout. The reason why this is so amazing is it's hidden in plain sight. Come on, clap your hands. Give God the praise. Somebody lift your voice. I can see, and I know I can see. If you have not been baptized, just remain standing. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you do not have scriptural basis to not be baptized in Jesus' name. Remember Jesus told Nicodemus, you're not going to see unless you're born again. Two verses later, except a man is born of the water and the Spirit. Well, let me see. That water is the washing of the word. And that spirit, that happens when I receive the word of God. (laughs) Is that what happened on Pentecost? Is that what happened in Acts 8? Is that what happened in Acts 10? Is that what happened in Acts 19? That is a lie that is sent to keep you blind. That is a lie. Am I the only one telling the truth here? Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. This thing is right in front of you. You do not have, you do not have biblical credibility to hang on to a Trinitarian baptism that was never carried out except by the Catholic Church in the third century. When Constantine said, We're doing away with this apostolic stuff, they took over all of Asia Minor. We're going to take the Bibles away from everybody and we're going to write our own doctrine now. It was the beginning of the Roman Catholic Church. Because Satan knew. You start having people go down in the name, they're going to come out with their eyes open. They're going to come out breathing power. They're going to come out breathing fire. They're going to come out laying hands on people. They're going to come out speaking in the name. They're going to come out testifying in the name. They're going to come out witnessing in the name. They're going to come out running the aisles in the name. They're going to come out shouting the name. They're going to come out giving every Clap your hands and give him praise. It's in plain sight. Your answer is right here. You guys are all about the name, the name, the name, the name. I got a question for you. How do you cast out devils? By the authority of the Trinity because in the Trinity there's diversity I'm a little tired of the word diversity how about just unity how about just one hear O oh Israel the Lord our God is one Lord one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father above you all in you all and through you all somebody, the answer's in the name the answer, it's right in front of you it's in plain sight it's been there all along Somebody shout with a voice to triumph. You know, I wouldn't wait another day. I'd say, you know what? I don't even know where I'm at. I don't even know who these people are. But that word is true. That word is illumination. That word is powerful. That word is right. You need to come on down into this altar today and let God restore. Let God renew. Come on, come on. We'll